Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's an emergency Rumble Rock podcast starring Dave Schilling, the NYPD, your local fire department, Vinny the Microwave Johnson, Joey Devine, FEMA, Mike Brown the FEMA director, Mike Brown the assistant coach, Chucky <laughs> Brown, Sean King, a fire jumping search and rescue unit, musical guest, Firehouse, <coughs> and now the host of Brown Ball Rock, Dave Schilling. Hey guys, welcome to a very special edition of the Round Ball Rock Podcast. I am Dave Schilling. Uh, Sean Keen and Joey Devine are on the line with me as we speak. Hey, how's it going, Dave? I'm good, Sean. You're in um, a where? I'm uh, in Bay Pleasant, Area? Pleasant Hill, California. In the uh... Oh, how lovely. Oh, man, that's so nice. Joey, where are you? I, I'm in beautiful Alameda, California, Hold in the east. Bay Area. Home of Jason Kidd, right? Uh, well, no, he went to high school here, but he grew up in Oakland. Who so, sort of. Who is the best Alameda-based basketball uh, person? Basketball? Probably Jason Kidd. <laughs> uh, I mean, oh, I, I think J.R. Ryder was from here, actually. Ooh! Ooh. Whoa! Nice. I like that. Nice. That's yeah, a, that's a that's a good one. Tight. But um, we have a much better baseball tradition. Got, Willie Stargell, uh, uh, Dontrell Willis, yeah, Jimmy J. Roll, John uh, Rollins. That's, New San Francisco re- Giant, in fact. Yeah, I hey mean, guys, he was is, always destined. 
This is a basketball podcast, guys. Come on. I can't believe I'm the one getting you guys back on topic. Uh, something. By very... the way, I got cut yes. off on Skype. Did Don Pardo say Olden Polonese dressed as a cop that one time? No. no. Oh, he no. should have. <laughs> Shout out to thank you to Don Pardo for uh, for skyping into the special emergency podcast from the grave. It's pretty. It's amazing the kind of voice over IP technology that we have right now. It's a Christmas miracle. It really is. Yeah, I, I opened uh, uh, my gifts and and inside the box was uh, Phil Jackson and Jeannie Buss's engagement ring. It's really sad. Oh. 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 I That's hope he right. got it at Jared so we can return it. Oh no! Um, oh. I, I, I immediately think they take returns after seventeen years, though. <laughs> <laughs> he was about to pop the question. He really was. Yeah, he. I they mean, had... they were engaged. Yeah, they, they were, were just, officially yeah. engaged. They just didn't uh, hadn't picked out the napkins or the um, you know the color scheme or or anything related to getting married, as far as I can tell. But, but I, it was I a mean, very I, popular minister. The ayahuasca minister they had, <laughs> he was booked for twenty years. I was legitimately shocked, and in, in this, we don't we don't uh, do emergency podcasts at the drop of a hat, especially during the holidays. But this is, I think, sneakily one of the biggest stories of the year so far, yeah. um, because it affects uh, two of the biggest franchises in basketball. It involves one of the most powerful owners in basketball and arguably the most decorated coach in the history of, of the sport. Um, what? Why did this happen? What happens next? Uh, where are we going? There's so much to talk about. I feel like we should start with the Ramona Shelburne ESPN piece because that was the first sort of like inside baseball kind of um, article that hit and it hit fairly quickly as though she was maybe preparing for this to happen or knew it was going to happen. Well, um, Jeannie leaked it. Right. It, it but ruined her holiday and leaked it three days ago and Ramona's been furiously typing instead <laughs> of talking to her friends, family, and Ronda Rousey. Well, for Christmas. that's what's that's what's great about her is that she just she is she lives, breathes, uh, and farts basketball. But and Ronda I, Rousey and Ronda um, Rousey. Yeah. I was disturbed. I was disturbed by the whole idea that Phil Jackson felt like he needed to announce this via Twitter via a screenshot. Well, of an that's, iPad notebook. That page. is what I wanted to talk about. So the note. Do you want me to read the hey. statement? I have it up. Yeah, yeah. of course. So Phil Jackson released this statement last night on Twitter on an iPad note. It was a screenshot of an iPad note, and it is entitled, Blank 7. With mutual <laughs> love and respect, we've decided to end our engagement. With the failure of our professional, with the, sorry, with the nature of our professional obligations <laughs> and the geographic distance between us, Sustaining the relationship has been difficult. We have shared many wonderful moments through the years, and we expect to remain supportive of each other in the future. PJ slash JB. First of all, I just want to say that you almost saying failure was the best Freudian slip yeah. imaginable. The failure of our professional obligations has caused us to separate. But yeah, okay, fair. I'm on board with that. Um, it's, it, you know... For someone who doesn't really communicate particularly well, um, it was it was a, a straightforward and, and uh, dispassionate piece of uh, 
corporate speak. I think he well, did a fine job composing it. My question about this is it's the seventh note in his iPad. <laughs> what are those other six notes? All of his passwords. Oh, oh that's yep. bad. Yeah, See, each note is a password. <laughs> I was going to guess that uh, the other six were book lists for various people. <laughs> so for the Knicks right now? What do you yeah, think those like books are Porzingis like? Or like Brandon Jennings has, an, has a book list, a reading list, yes. Uh, Derek, Derek Rose's is actually just uh, a book of LSAT prep questions. Because <laughs> of legal problems. All right. What do you think uh, he would give Porzingis? Uh, the People's History of the United States. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the thing. <laughs> I think Yoakam Noah gets Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Repair. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, Brandon Jennings gets Jonathan Livingston Siegel. That's true. And <laughs> My real question is whether you think Courtney Lee is going to be a fan of uh, trout fishing in America. Or not. <laughs> I, uh, no. That doesn't seem like... No. No. Um... So, uh, reading Derek this article... doesn't know how to read. That's the joke, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Re- reading this article, I don't feel like I understand exactly why they broke up, but I sort of do. It doesn't really specifically pinpoint a moment where they decided to split up. Mm-hmm. It's more like, well, Phil Jackson isn't going to leave the Knicks. Jeannie doesn't necessarily want him to join the Lakers anymore. Well, yeah, I think that is what this is really about. Right. Is that I think... Jeannie can't politically hire Phil anymore, so there's no reason for him to come back to Los Angeles. But I mean, there's no reason for them to still be in love? Right. I, I don't think it was ever a romance of any kind. I think it was a marriage of convenience in the most literal way possible. <laughs> like, they are just like, oh, you're here, you're here, we're both at the same place all the time. Um, why I like to summer in Montana. Mm-hmm. I like horsies and smoking weed and basketball. So let's do it. Um, let's go through this article really quickly. Yeah, yeah. Because I want to talk about some of the more, more peculiar anecdotes. One in particular is Lamar Odom needed a little extra encouragement as he adjusted mm-hmm. to his new role as a sixth man. So during the game, Jeannie Buss and her girlfriends made a point of cheering for Odom as he checked into the game. Take your pants off, they yelled, as Odom shed his warm-ups near the scorer's table. He beamed at the attention. I don't know if I would beam so much as I would be disturbed that a bunch of 50-year-old women were telling me to take my pants off in right. front of 20,000 people. Isn't that the kind of thing that got Donald Sterling in trouble with the Clippers? <laughs> Well, not quite exactly. I mean, I don't think Jeannie used the N-word towards Lamar Odom. But sure, yeah, but so one sure. of those stories was going into the locker room being like, look at all the beautiful black body. <laughs> Where that's like a step below take your pants off, Lamar Odom. Well, yeah, <laughs> <I> mean, <that's... laughs> yeah. There, there is by its very nature a strange relationship between a bunch of old white people and their young very strapping black employees uh, that we don't need to go into too much detail about. Um, 
there's a lot of uses of the term Camelot here. Is this the? Is, I, I think I I don't know if I was the first one to do this. To com- mm-hmm. I probably wasn't on Twitter to be the first person to compare it to Camelot. Wait, I mean it's wait. not exactly the same. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, here's the thing that made me Camelot is. Uh, well, I I always think of it as young people. I don't yeah. think of the the myth of Camelot as being like. King Arthur, after four or five back surgeries, uh, <laughs> like like it would be like if he was. It's actually more like if Merlin was hooking up with King Arthur's daughter, but never married her. You know, and King I mean? Arthur's daughter was already forty-five. Mm-hmm. Like, um, well, and also, if this is Camelot, does that make them yelling "Take your pants off" at Lamar Odom? Does this make Lamar Odom Lance a lot? Oh. Does Lancelot end up with a horrible drug problem at the end of the story? Uh, some versions. Okay, all right. Myths of Avalon here. Have or... you seen Have you seen Excalibur? <laughs> oh, I'm I'm thinking of the movie First Night. Uh, sorry. Oh, the sure, classic. with Richard Gere. Right. That was also what I was thinking of. Okay, I, I was thinking of Ex- Excalibur, um, which has a really really hot sex scene in it. Can I, um, can I tell you a, yeah. an odd thing that jumped out at me from this article that explained a whole lot to me? Mm-hmm. Is that one of Jeannie's best friends is apparently uh, also yelling at Lamar Odom to take his pants off, obviously. But one of her best friends is Linda Rambis. Yeah. Cor- correct, yeah. Is that why Kurt Rambis keeps getting coaching opportunities? Despite being statistically the worst NBA coach of all time, <laughs> they're all a part of the same social circle. So when I I, I saw Jeannie bus in public one time, it was at a she restaurant. She follows you on Twitter, right? As far as I know, I haven't checked recently. Well, not I don't after this pod, she... baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see that she unfollowed me. It would be heartbreaking. But I saw her in Playa, Playa Vista or Playa del Rey, one of those places where rich people hang out. Uh-huh. And she was with Kurt Rambis, and I assume Kurt Rambis' wife, Linda. Uh, so I think they all traffic in the same social circles and probably hung out back in the 80s and 90s doing blow. I would assume. I don't know. Do you think this means that Kurt Rambis might come and become an assistant coach? for your beloved Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, which side... Yeah, that was going to be my question, is in this breakup, who gets the Rambuses? I think Jeannie has... (laughs) I I don't... I don't know if that's the prize they're all going after. <laughs> I would be really concerned for both of their, uh, you know, their 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 minds if that was the that was the goal. Was like, who are we? Who's gonna be friends with Linda Rambit at the end of this? Well, um, who gets who gets uh, AC Green? No, uh, I don't. Genie. I, Genie. Is he on Genie, the table? Right? I think. Well, yeah, because AC Green like does media stuff for the Lakers and appearances mm-hmm. and things. They pay his, you know, pay him money to do that stuff. He doesn't give a shit about Phil Jackson. I'll tell think. you who's definitely siding with Jeannie. And Jim? One, Jim Bus? Kobe, well, no. Oh. <laughs> In fact, Kobe. he might yeah. side with Phil. Yeah, it's one Kobe Bean Bryant is definitely siding with Jeannie. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he was always 
a bus family loyalist. Yeah. I don't think he cared. I don't think he cared about Phil. I, I mean, I know he doesn't care about Phil. <laughs> Phil wasn't even in. Phil was. He got cut out of Muse, man. He got cut out of the greatest movie of all time. Phil Jackson what's, did. What's Muse again? That's Kobe the, Bryant's that, Muse. Yeah, the film that he did for Showtime. The documentary just, Kobe directed about just Kobe. talking about just talking about himself for two hours. So Kobe, it's like Kobe doing work only. He's not even really doing any work. Well, no, he did all the work. He's the yeah. only person in the movie. But it's but it's not. It's, it's sort a movie of, about him just talking, not playing basketball or anything. Right. It's, no, it, well, ta- it's him t- talking about basketball. Yeah. It's, it's him talking of, about his greatest moments. Yeah, you know how Kobe Bryant did everything for the 2006 Lakers that season? It's sort of like this, where he's not, there's nobody, he's just ISO'd for two hours and ultimately, doing his thing. And ultimately, it's about a... Totally futile, a, yeah. For, like, a, a pretty mediocre pro- end product. Yeah. I wouldn't say well, Muse is weirdly, something you can rush out Parker, uh, Weirdly, Smush Parker did edit it, though, actually. <laughs> Just hunkered down in, in a basement for yeah. for three days straight. <laughs> That's what he does now. Red Bull, yeah. He's a, he's a very talented editor. Really impressive stuff. Yeah. Um, anything else from this article that you guys wanted to talk about? I mean, it wasn't that revelatory. I thought it was it was great that it came out so soon. When I my interest was the most peaked, but I don't know if there was anything really too shocking in there. No. I'm fine. My question for you, Dave, as a Laker yeah. fan, mm-hmm. is how are you feeling about this just overall? I think it's the it's sad because they were, you know, a, sort of like the first family of the Lakers of Lakers Nation. Even mm-hmm. though Phil was in, in in New York, it was always like, oh yeah, Phil and Phil and Jeannie are are, are you know sort of ruling over the, this fan base. Uh, but at the same time, you know what it means. Phil Jackson's not coming back to the yes. Lakers. And so I can't help but celebrate. I think this means that the road is clear for Jim Buss to continue his reign of terror in the Lakers front office <laughs> for at least another 10 years. Um, he's got to be the one that's the most happy about this. He's the big winner of this entire um, fiasco. Right, because he was supposed to resign if they didn't make the Western Conference Finals this year, correct? Right, and we know he's not going to do They're not going <laughs> to do that. They're not even close to that. This they isn't, the that's the thing. When people say things like that, I think fans have a tendency to treat it like it's a magical prophecy made by elves or a mean wizard, where it's like, oh, they didn't make the finals. He shall lose his position as team president. And rather than just some bullshit people say. Yeah, no, it's it's not a binding contract. He's not going to be like, "Oh, I'm so embarrassed that I didn't resign." I, I mean, I will, re- I'll resign. You guys, yeah, it, okay, <laughs> you got me. You have the tape of me saying it. Well, I gotta quit. We live in a in a country where Donald Trump says things and takes them back immediately. Mm-hmm. Jim Buss is gonna be the president of basketball operations for the Lakers next year, no matter. Or what? Even if they're in the lottery, he's going to be around. Uh, especially now, I don't. I don't see who would replace him. Who would want that job? There's. He's. He's fine. He's good. And I well, think as long as he stays out of Mitch Kupchak's way, I'm happy. 
Well, Tim Bontemps threw out a weird name in his article about it. I don't know if you saw that. No, I didn't see it. Is it Isaiah uh, Thomas? No, it was Jerry West. <laughs> He's not coming back either. <laughs> That's stupid. He Why would like, he do that? There's the way for Jerry West to come back. No, he left for a good reason. He even had his hand-picked assistant general manager take over. He's not coming back. There's that's silly. People basketball people sometimes just say things that it, just, it has no basis in reality. But that's cool. Yeah, sure. It, was... it sounds like a good idea. How old is Jerry West? Why does he want? Why would he want to run the Lakers? Was Phil Jackson keeping Jerry West away from the Lakers? <laughs> I don't no. know. No one was keeping him away at all. Never. He left. No. No. Never mind. Let's move on from this. Um, Can we talk? I think we need to take a break for our sponsor, actually. Um, you don't tell me what to do, but sure. Why not? <laughs> Look, now Guys. that you're not in the room, you can't physically... Uh, you can't physically intimidate us, Dave. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so now you guys think that you're you're the host, huh? Somebody it needs to look at a clock on this podcast. I'm looking at it right now. We have plenty of time. The la- you guys think uh, Don Pardo is going to start calling you the host of Round Ball Rock all of a sudden? No. No way. All right, guys, so this was a last-minute podcast, so it was hard to find a sponsor. For this week, um, this is you know bonus content, but we fa- <laughs> magically found one that seems very apropos for this week. Uh, our sponsor is Phil Jackson's Jewelers. If you want a ring, lots of rings, you've got to go to the man with the most rings this side of Frodo Baggins, Phil Jackson. And like the Triangle offense, these rings will never go out of style, even if modern marriages might reject them. Or they want a less cumbersome ring with more spacing. Just like Phil's own relationships and point guard Derek Fisher, these rings are known for their longevity. What's the secret? Phil always employs two of the best jewelry designers in the world. Or he retires. Sure, he might sign some aging jewelers to ridiculous long-term deals, but that just means he's plotting to open a franchise a few thousand miles away. You can do anything with these rings. Give them to your wife to apologize for a sexual assault charge. (laughs) Fill the insides with peyote for your annual vacation to Montana at the trade deadline. Hell, give them to all the members of your posse. I mean friends. No matter what, these rings are worth mortgaging in the future. And it's not just rings. Phil Jackson's Jewelers has a variety of designs, including the AC Green, which is a promise ring that pledges celibacy. The Doug Christie. That's a choker. The Rodman, that's a nose ring. And the Zen Master, which is an invisible ring that asks the question, if two people break up a long-term relationship via Instagram, do their tears make a sound? Use promo code TEXWINTER and get 25% off your first purchase. Phil Jackson's Jewelers, because love is fundamental. Thank you to Phil Jackson's Jewelers. I didn't know that he was he had a side business. I thought the Knicks paid him enough as it is to not be good at his job. But I, I have it, a, I have a quibble with them though. I tried to buy a ring there once, and it was o- they told me they only came in triangles. <laughs> no, no round ring. <laughs> uh, I, I think you just you got got to go somewhere else, man. Yeah, get it, at, get it at Jared, bud. 
I'm, that's, I'm where gonna, I, that's where I got go, my wedding ring. I got it at Greg Popovich's uh, uh, jewelry store. It's much more modern, very European. <laughs> all these, all these basketball coaches with other jobs. They don't pay them enough. Um. So. The other story we wanted to talk about today was uh-huh. the Cleveland Cavaliers expressing themselves emphatically on Christmas Day against your Golden State Warriors. How are you guys feeling? Oh, I'm okay. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I um, I was a little happy they lost, truth be told. I because mean, it just motivates them for the playoffs? Yeah, because yeah. they were really, they've been dicking around for like a month here. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were some pretty glaring problems with the team, even though they were winning, that uh, they need to hurry up and fix. And I think this might kick them into gear to fix them. Like, uh, maybe let Steph Curry touch the ball sometimes instead of just running around screens. Uh, Maybe when you have else... a 14-point lead, throw a two-hounded bounce pass instead of a mm-hmm. no-look, behind-the-back, whatever the hell they were throwing. But this was their yeah. problem in the finals, too, is this is too many turnovers, Steph mm-hmm. not really shooting particularly well, uh, and no one really playing defense on Kyrie Irving, or Kyrie just being, you know such a a dangerous weapon that even Clay Thompson can't guard him. I'm not sure which one it is. Clay guarded him really well. That was just like an amazing shot, I felt. I mean, it's... And like... Go ahead. It's possible they will continue to throw the ball into the stands constantly and miss dunks, but I kind of think they're not going to keep doing that. And if they don't throw the ball out of bounds all the time for no reason... I think they win this game pretty easily. I mean, they were up by 14 points with like three minutes to go in the game. So they're right. ultimately a better team than the Cavaliers and a, a deeper team than the Cavaliers. Much deeper. Like if I were the Cavs, I'd be worried after watching that game. Honestly. Oh, I I wouldn't. I would feel great if I were the Cavs though, because they have a unprecedented amount of heart. I don't think we've seen this kind of heart in a basketball team in quite some time. Okay, I just mean like, well, I don't, I would worry about my depth if I was them because like uh, Richard Jefferson isn't going to get in a time machine every time they play the Golden State Warriors and dunk on people several times. I want someone someone uh, to test his smoothies. There's something in his smoothies that he's drinking that is not (laughs) legal. I think he went to Moon Juice and got some dunk dust. That's an L.A. reference. No one's gonna understand. I don't. Moon know juice, what that guys. Is, Moon juice. Moon juice <laughs> in Silver Lake, guys. Come on, it's a. They sell juice. Never mind. Oh, is that that woman? That annoying woman? Yes, it's the annoying woman. It, yeah, exactly. Didn't like Father John Misty steal a crystal from her? Correct. Yeah, yes. yeah. This. Is, okay, I do know what that is. Okay. <laughs> I think uh, if people didn't know that reference and what Joey just said, it's going to sound so insane to them. Where they're like, <laughs> oh, okay, he's talking about a juice place. And then Father John Misty stole a crystal. And they're like, are we in an RPG adventure quest right now? 
I want you guys to Google it, go out there, find out about it. It's a great, great establishment. Big fan. Big ups to Moon Juice, our presenting sponsor. Six ounces Uh, of Moon Juice for only $11. (laughs) It was nine. It was $9. I want to know what you guys think about Kevin Durant and the phantom foul on the last play of the game. Because Kevin Durant spoke out today about the two-minute review that the mm-hmm. NBA does for every game now where they said, specifically for this game, that should have been a foul called on it. It was Richard Jefferson, right? Yes. Who, yes. Uh, who, yeah, who basically need him and knocked him over. Yeah, he Grayson and also, Allen'd him. Yeah. Oh. And, then the, um, and then LeBron hanging from the rim. Um, uh, on that dunk toward the end of the game. Do you yeah, think that was this fucking is tight? I thought it was awesome. <laughs> I'm Man, pro rim hangs. My wife was like, "Are they allowed to do that?" And I said, "Nope, <laughs> they are not allowed to do that." Uh, is there a reason why, or a, a, a good reason why that this review exists? Do you think it helps? Do you think it hurts the referees? The way that Kevin Durant said, it makes them nervous about their calls. Wouldn't they be nervous already because no, they're is... calling a basketball game? Who cares, though? Like, it's the, it is the most annoying thing in the world to be a fan and to, like, lose a game and then be uh, kind of sad about it and then have the NBA come out the next day and be like, sorry. You um, should have won. Yeah, but you still didn't win. Like, it's worse. It makes it worse. <laughs> But, you know, the NFL does this, too. They'll announce two days later, like, oh, yeah, that should have been pass interference. Or, oh, yeah, we gave that team five downs. <laughs> well, this, uh, it certainly hasn't made the officiating in the NFL any better. Yeah, so. I mean, the, I, if anything, the NBA should be doing exactly the opposite of what the NFL is doing. Right. And, Which is what uh, they've done such a good job of doing for the last 10 years. What I would also say is they need to, to get a little bit of a handle on these slow motion video reviews. Like, yeah, review a flagrant foul the next day. Like, don't, don't act like watching something at one-tenth speed is, like, a realistic option. You know what I mean? Like, don't, well, don't, keep, sure. don't keep having a million timeouts within the last two minutes of the game to determine whether a ball touched someone's fingernail or not on the way out of bounds. Like, just call it and move on. And I think what they need to do is they need to have a time limit for how long they're allowed to watch the replay. Especially for, like, like flagrant one versus flagrant two. um, Or possession. You know, you should have two minutes to make the call. You should have to look at it as many times as you can get to it in that two-minute span, and then let's move on. Because as you're saying, the games are getting so boring in the last two minutes when it should be the most exciting time. I think this is well, welfare for Secaucus, honestly. <laughs> well, well, it's and, Trump's America, and it's a bunch of jobs that he brought to America. In that particular game, it was frustrating, too, because they reviewed that Clay Thompson shot clock violation that everyone knew. That was obvious, yeah. but Everyone but, was screaming. I was screaming about, like, it's... He was two seconds off. But it gave the the it gave the Cavs a free timeout. Not that, yeah. and a timeout helps the defense. So it gave the Warriors a free timeout without using them. Whichever one. Well, I mean, 
It doesn't. It doesn't yeah. matter. I think the most important thing about Kevin Durant's uh, statement, though, is it was a refreshing trend with the Warriors to have somebody, a player, say the refs are doing their best. We didn't lose because of calls because for about nine straight months, the Warriors have been one of the bitchiest teams when it comes yeah. to complaining about calls. Just like demonstrative, punching the air, throwing their hands out. Whereas just uh, don't embarrass tweeting about how the league is rigged. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it started before the playoffs. Actually, it was happening at the end of the year. And okay. I don't know if that was because Steve Kerr wasn't the coach for long enough, but you just don't gain anything by embarrassing the refs. And I think you gained something by saying the refs are doing a good job. I think it's just a byproduct of, of success. You know, it's it's an entitlement. Um, yeah. It's that disease of more that Pat Riley has famously talked about. Is that as you win, you start to think that you you have earn the right to continue winning. Uh, you know, if you have people like me going around saying you're the greatest team of all time, at some point you stop believing that you aren't. And then it's someone else's fault for everything. Mm-hmm. And oh, that, shit, and man. That's deep, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. Like, don't you think? Like, the level of, of accolades this team has received is unprecedented for a team this young that has accomplished what they've accomplished. I mean, I think maybe the Jordan Bulls are close to the level of acclaim that they've received after only one title. Um, mm-hmm. I just think it's, it's, it's going to be hard for them mentally to overcome expect their own expectations and to not, and to stay centered in a weird way. I, I, there are things that athletes talk about that are, that seem like bullshit, like like uh, new agey nonsense, but mm-hmm. that's how they think because they have a weirder job than we do. We don't have jobs like that. Uh, my job is pretty weird. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. If you don't get a tip when you deliver that food, you're like, what did I do wrong? You threw your mouthpiece at a customer once, right? I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it Danny Masterson? <laughs> I just assume every customer that you have is some sort of D-list celebrity. Um, so, does this worry you, Joey, then? It seems like it worries Sean, but do you worry that they're mentally not prepared or not no. sharp? What I'm most worried about right now with them is, to me, the that Cavs game reminded me of that Rockets game they lost in that they still don't know how to play in crunch time together. Right. And because they're blowing everyone out, they're not getting practice at doing it. Right. So what ends up happening is, in crunch time, whoever the center is, or Andre, plus Draymond and Curry spend all their time overpassing, and then Clay Thompson and Durant go into, like, head-down, shoot-over-four-guys, terrible-shots mode. Do you think Durant uh, was the guy that should have taken that last shot? Um, I mean, I think they should have ran a play. Right. Um, because, you know, like, they run the Cyclone play the time before where that gets Draymond the wide-open dunk. Um, I think they should have, like, I'm generally not that big of a fan of, like, ISO a guy out of 
an inbounds pass to win the game, but that's because I uh, didn't watch Kobe Bryant for 40 <laughs> years. <laughs> um, well, everyone does that now, except for maybe Brad Stevens. Everyone is just like, all right, someone's got to make a shot in the last the five Spurs seconds run of the plays. game. That's true. The Spurs, Celtics. But if it's Houston, it's going to be just give the ball to James Harden and hope he makes the shot. Or Toronto. Uh, or the Lakers even. You know, like all these teams do the same thing. But in Sure, teams, I'd just like to see them run some action to get one of their shooters open. I right. think it seems like running a Steph Curry and Kevin Durant pick and roll or a Steph Curry, Draymond Green pick and roll is almost unstoppable. And they're not yeah, because you don't really know who the shooter that. is. And they yeah, could, you don't know right. who to... It's not as beautiful. It's kind of boring. But, like, think about what... Okay, we were talking about Phil Jackson. The legendary triangle offense. What did the Lakers actually run in the playoffs with Shaq and Kobe? Give the ball to Shaq. And then Just Shaq, Kobe, pick and rolls it. over and yeah. over again. Like, that's not part of the triangle. But when you have great players, like... You, it's very, very hard to guard two excellent players on a pick and roll. Right. No matter who you are. Yeah. Anyway, get more boring and shut up. That would be my, <laughs> that would be my uh, lesson to the Warriors. Just stop punching in the air. That's like, it's, there's one or two things you can't do as long as you don't humiliate a ref or like literally punch the air. What Draymond does all the time because of his lack of control of any of his extremities. <laughs> Which he also look, said he will never change he said in trouble, a recent press conference. I'm so not, crazy. this is who I am. He's had trouble with his arms, he's had trouble with his legs, and he's had trouble <laughs> with his penis. All in the last six months. And it's just, you know, get a grip, man. I generally feel like if a team gets a, te- a technical foul within the first six minutes of a game, that team is eventually going to lose that game, too. And Draymond did that. Uh, that was, Christmas. I think he was in the first two minutes of the game, actually. <laughs> I think, like there was, I think all... it was like 10-15 in the first quarter, and you were like, he's running directly to the bench, yelling motherfucker at a ref? Like, it's Christmas, man. People are here with their families. <laughs> Like, we all laughed at Chris Paul for doing that when they played the Warriors uh-huh. uh, two months ago or a few yeah. weeks ago or whatever. And then Draymond did exactly the same thing. Exactly. And, in fact, it was a little bit worse because he was, like, running. And I feel like it was worse because it was Christmas. Like, like, clean up your mouth on Christmas. Who are you? <laughs> My family at the dinner table? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, the Warriors couldn't beat the Cavaliers, but maybe they can win this week's special emergency 2016-2017 Warriors fantasy matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, who have we got? We've got some ideas here of who they might play, but Sean, I want to know who you, who you think the Warriors uh, should match up against in this special emergency podcast. Well, in honor of the emergency podcast, the Warriors are going to face off against Phil Jackson. And, Just Phil Jackson by himself, <laughs> and and the the task is building a contender in New York, and they are okay. they are not allowed to simply play for the Knicks. They're all just executives. So do they both get do they both get the roster, or is it blank? Is it a blank roster? Uh, they're working with the Knicks' existing structure. Okay, 
uh, you know what? Let's say they're going back to last year's off season. Okay. All right. So let's give me the see. Is that yeah? Too? I'm taking the. I, I feel like I'm taking the Warriors too. I, I don't think it's much of a contest. So your your starting five for the Warriors is obviously you know Curry, Thompson, Green, uh, Durant, and Zaza. Well, Would actually, you play... your starting five for the Warriors is Porzingis, uh, Porzingis, Courtney Lee, um, uh. Mellow and anyone but Derek Rose and Joaquin Noah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, sorry, you're five people in the front office leadership. Right. Yeah. Those guys. With the Knicks, I believe it is Phil Jackson, uh, an urn of Tex Winter's ashes, okay. uh, Kurt Rampus, Jim yeah. Clemens, and uh, Wavy Gravy. The, uh, well, the clown you're slash. <laughs> You're also forgetting about Isaiah Thomas whispering in James Dolan's ear. Um, but they're, he's they're like, bo- they he's both like have a word for Dolan, the right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you do have to deal with, with worm tongue. Uh, you got to deal with the straight shot, I guess. Are they are, are Ross ideas bounced off the straight shot? Or is it just JD? I'm sure that's his sounding board, yeah. So, where the Warriors are trying to put together a better Knicks team than Phil Jackson? Yes. Okay, so the, the, the assembled basketball knowledge of the Warriors basketball team. Uh-huh. Okay, not Joe Lacob and Jerry West <laughs> and the rest of the front office. Here We're talking are the, about players. the Warriors players are going to... Okay, I think... All right, I think I'm going with the Warriors. I'm still taking the Warriors. Yeah, because they have you played... named some of the dumbest people in basketball. <laughs> you you literally said James Dolan and Kurt Rambis. Yeah, I, and I can't Thomas. I can't do it. Yeah, you... I'm sorry. This is the easiest one ever. That you the think... Warriors the Warriors will pick great players. Do you think Do you think they do pick? Is there a spot where they're like, you know what? Let's give Barbosa. And Brandon Rush, get a him paid. Landing spot, and Maurice Spates. But even then, that's better. Those than are what good the role Knicks players. Yes. Yeah, right. yeah, those are really good role players. Those are guys on one-year deals. None of those guys are Derrick Rose or Joaquin Noah. <laughs> I love it. And, Definitely, yeah. And with the Warriors, only Clay Thompson is going to Montana to do psychedelic drugs in the middle of the season. That's true. What'd you say, Sean? Oh, I was just saying he would show up uninvited, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, even if yeah, even if they're only picking their former teammates, you know, it's weird to look at that Knicks roster and say, like, yeah, David Lee could help here. <laughs> he's he's providing yeah. a little more defense than Yokum Noah at the I'm I'm really enjoying Warriors. David Lee in San Antonio. Um I yeah, think maybe. he's a good fit there. I think he's a good fit wherever, as long as he doesn't have to play defense. Yeah. You know? Now, who do you think the Warriors hire as the coach there, though? Ooh, Luke Walton. Oh yeah. Well, there you go. They they swoop <laughs> Luke Walton to the Lakers. Yep. Send him to the Knicks and be like, "No, we got this under control. We're uh-huh. definitely smarter than Jim Buss. We got it. We're going to put together a championship team around Carmelo Anthony. You're good." 
See, I actually think they hire Anderson Verichow as the <laughs> Just to get him off the team? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sure. I guess, yeah, Luke's dream is to go to the Lakers. You don't want to take that away from him. You want to get this idiot off the Okay, I get it. I get it. And then I think you'd get Nene to play center instead, because Verichow, he's like, I gotta play for my dog, right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they could work a, a thing where they get Fareed from the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. There's a lot they can do. Maybe they make a run at DeRozan. I mean, they were able to get Kevin Durant to come That's to true. Golden State. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously, Draymond Green is a better GM than everyone in the league. Because he was working that phone for a year. That's true. That's true. He's been greasing the wheels on that deal for 365 days before it went down. And honestly, the only thing it cost them, no draft pick, no compensation, just the friendship of Harrison Barnes and Andrew Bogut. That's the only thing yeah. he had to sacrifice. I mean, they, they literally destroyed the Dallas Mavericks franchise. Have you seen the Mavericks lately? Good God. <laughs> the Warriors are the devil. <laughs> Well, yeah. that's a, that's another. I think that's another strong win for the Warriors. It is. Dubaru, mark it down. Another <laughs> win. Yeah, uh, so for put, Golden State. Put it on the scoreboard, Dubaru. That's our new catchphrase. We will be back very soon. Actually, we have a New Year's episode we recorded um, ahead of be- time because before we were New Year's. Down. Yeah, but we just couldn't. We couldn't help ourselves. We had to record a special one today. Yeah, so Cats and Ears um, one in this week. Yeah, it's a it's a delightful, th- a classic three man pod. Um, <laughs> anything you guys have going on? You want to promote? I know Sean, you were at the Punchline recently. I, I was. It was amazing, and I'll be there again months from now. So, okay, you know. <laughs> consider it marked in my calendar. <laughs> Uh, Joey, how how are you? I'm good. What did you get for Christmas? Um, a Cuisinart uh, food processor. Mazel tov. All right. Yay. So, <laughs> follow us at Round Rock Pod on Twitter. Email us at roundballrockpod at gmail.com with questions, comments, Review concerns. the podcast, please, on iTunes or whatever you use to listen to your things. Yes, yes, enjoy. And uh, as I had said last week, I have a special announcement that you guys will find out about in due time. Trust the process. A, this is a long tease. Trust the process. Trust the process. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Down with just seconds left, I hid my face and held my breath. It looked like City Web and Mike Bibby could overthrow our dynasty. Then Kobe drove, but Kobe missed, and Shaq could not put down the tip. Flotty slapped it out, but it was still alive.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 